Today is November 15th, 2020. This is episode 80 of Back to Normal. So let's get started. Okay, the focus of today's episode is talking a little bit about the uh, COVID-19 vaccine that is coming out from Pfizer. I know I talked about it a couple of days ago uh, when we started, we got this announcement that uh, there's a vaccine around the corner, but I just wanted to, a um, piece of news came out, I think that day, later the day that I, that I published the vaccine around the corner episode. And um, I just want to talk about it a little bit more and put it in context um, with everything else we already know about these vaccines that are coming out. Um, so the very first vaccine that made big headlines in North America is um, from, from Pfizer, the drug company. Um, there are other um, vaccines that have made pretty big headlines for development. Uh, one in Russia, one from Oxford, I believe, in the UK. But this, this is the first one to make headlines is kind of getting th- most of the way through human trials um, in North America. Uh, like I said, I discussed that one as being around the corner a few days ago. And one of the big downsides of this vaccine was its need to be stored at dry ice temperature. So very, very cold. I think it was like minus 70 or minus 80. Um, again, I'm not, I, I still wasn't sure in that episode whether it was Celsius or Fahrenheit, but they're very similar. Um, between uh, at minus 80, those two temperatures are pretty similar and they're both really, really hard to reach using conventional uh, refrigeration methods. And I went through the idea that this was going to make the vaccine very hard to distribute because there's not a lot of refrigeration um, around the world. And then, not yesterday, but the day before, when I after right after I recorded that episode, um, some some results were published from other vaccine manufacturers. Um, I think I forget if the Moderna vaccine, which I discussed, was mentioned in that press release, or if it was two. I think it might have been just been two other companies. Um, but all these vaccines use a similar method to uh, of preparation and of storage, um, and so there's no real strong reason why they would function super differently. And what they said was, what these other two vaccine manufacturers said was that, hey, our vaccine works really similarly to yours, but ours doesn't need, like we've tested it and ours doesn't need to be super cold. It can work. um, It can be stable for up to three months just in in regular fridge temperatures. And so there's a good chance that your vaccine will be the same way because because there's no reason it wouldn't because they, they use the same mechanisms to function. And so it turned out, it turns out if you, if you kind of dig into the research a little bit, you'll find that the Pfizer vaccine was actually tested at first in the very cold storage, because uh, that's just, that's the default of what they do. That's the best way to preserve um, vaccine particles or whatever it is that the, just the best way to preserve the vaccine is to use really, really cold temperatures. And during that research, they found that it did, that those temperatures did preserve the vaccine. And once they confirmed that fact, they had this viable vaccine that worked. They didn't want to slow down their testing and the development of the vaccine by testing higher temperatures, because basically, like the other company said, it took months to figure out that this was actually um, that it was actually viable at these higher temperatures. And so they didn't test it at fridge temperatures to see if it was stable. They just said, "Okay, this is going to need to be really, really cold and moved on. And that was their base assumption. Um, However, if they are able to do do these tests and, and test the Pfizer vaccine to see if it's viable for several again for several months at fridge temperatures it would make this it would be just be a massive benefit to everybody that ends up needing it um and there's this is especially going to be true in places that don't have refrigeration networks that can get that cold like basically what they're talking about what they were talking about recently in the states was needing to build out a network of 
really, really cold storage just for this vaccine because there are lots of places where I think it's something like 24 or 48 hours um, that they that they had said in their original testing that they said this is this is when we can be sure that it works um, at, at, having been in these temperatures. And so um, there are lots of rural places where you're not going to get there's there's just no refrigeration like that. And so you're going to need to have custom either you're, gonna, you're either going to need to buy really expensive refrigeration equipment or you're going to need to ship it in some way that it keeps it cold, like with dry ice or something. and. Yeah, so there's going to be a lot of places. There's going to be not just counties and rural counties in the United States, but anywhere in any other country that might not have access to as advanced refrigeration techniques, or just might not have any reason to have had those in the past. And um, so, if they're able to use this vaccine at much higher temperatures, it's going to be this massive benefit to everybody um, in the distribution of the vaccine because it means that um, people can use equipment that they already have. They can just use like a regular refrigerator and you won't have to build up this massive new network that's really only going to be used for this vaccine um, in order to distribute it. And so I'm really, really excited uh, to be to to have heard that development and and just wanted to share that news. Um, but before I go, I wanted to take this uh, take this as an example of something and apply it to everyday life, which is you can be working on something and you can be it can be a passion project and you can be working really, really hard on it. and at some point in the project, you make an assumption while you're working on it um, without even really thinking like, oh, hey, how is, how is this assumption going to affect everything later on? And it's kind of like a butterfly effect scenario where you can make a tiny change or a tiny decision that you don't even think is consequential at one point in development of something or work on a project, and it can just have massive impacts down the road. And this is one of those projects where they made an assumption uh, at first, which is a safe assumption. Like it, it, they they were playing it safe. I mean, it's not like it's not a good assumption. It's just a safe assumption, um, and it ended up working for them, having made that assumption, and so they stuck with it. And then later on, you know, this is like six months later, we're realizing, oh well, if that vaccine needs to be super cold, it's going to make it way harder to get it around to everybody. And so it it just really makes you think, like they that technically is cutting a corner in the vaccine development to, in, in order to make it faster. And so they could have done the normal development route for a vaccine and, and like tested at all temperatures and found, okay, because normal vaccine development takes like 10 or 15 years, and this is why it takes it so long, is that they have to develop. They, nobody wants a vaccine that needs to be way colder than anywhere on earth um, that naturally gets, that needs like spe specific types of refrigeration. And so they, they, they would never aim for this kind of, um, this kind of stability that would be considered a, in normal vaccine development, that would have been considered a failure, but because this is an emergency, they just went with it. And that's why I think personally that it's so important to think through all the consequences of any decision that you have to make. Um, like try to think through as best as you can, how this decision you make right now might affect other potentially hundreds or thousands of decisions down the road and how it might affect how the project plays out. And there's all kinds of projects that I think this kind of logic and, and thinking method can apply. And honestly, it's it's something that I really do think, I think even before this, I thought about when I was planning things, I, you would think about um, anytime a decision came up, because any project you're working on at work or your passion project, whatever it is, they always have little decisions that come up and that make you go, okay, I have to do this or this. Eh, I'll just go with this. 
and it's so easy to just say, okay, there's two things and I'm going to pick one. It doesn't matter. And we'll just move on with that assumption. But honestly, it's worth spending five or 10 minutes now just really going down the list in your mind, like a mental kind of checklist saying, what does that mean for this other aspect of the project? What does this mean? Is this going to fundamentally change how I have to do things later on? And just convincing yourself for five or 10 minutes, maybe even brainstorming with with friends or colleagues, just am I missing something here? Am I missing something that might fundamentally change things? Like, I'm sure when they made this decision to not test at warmer temperatures, they weren't thinking, okay, well, now this means they're going to start manufacturing um, storage containers or developing ways to store things at much, much colder temperatures than have ever been necessary before. They probably weren't thinking that. And they're like, oh, yeah, whatever. We'll get to that problem when we when we have to deal with it. It's fine. It's not that big of a deal. And here we are months later and it's like, OK, yeah, I know we actually have to develop that. There's there's no workaround here. And fortunately, in this case, it seems like um, it probably won't slow down development that much. And hopefully the Pfizer vaccine is able to work at these higher temperatures. Uh, I think they said it just needs animal testing to do that. Um, they probably won't have to go through human trials because they've already shown it to be safe and effective. Um, it would just need to be shown again in animals because they're not changing the vaccine fundamentally at all. Um, it would just have to be shown to be to work the same way in animals that it did. It wouldn't have to go through a new set of human trials again because it's such an emergent situation and and things are changing all the time that they just want this out as quickly as possible. So that's it for this episode. I don't have anything more to say. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this vaccine and um, even learned a little something about project management. So thank you very much for listening. And I will talk to you tomorrow. Bye.